Hi, this is Meteor Girlfriends, and I'm Nanaba Duncan. This podcast is about my girlfriends who work in the media, and this episode is with a fellow podcast producer named Sajay Elder. Sajay is a producer and co-host of Galcast. Galcast is a collective of about 8 to 10 black women living in Toronto. They're in their 20s and 30s. They have uh, different cultural backgrounds from the Caribbean and from different countries in Africa. And on Galcast, they talk about a lot of things politics and media and music and mental health and sex. And they do it all from their perspective, which is fairly unique when it comes to the media, especially in podcasts. You really don't get to hear the Black female Canadian perspective. And so I was very interested to have a chat with Sajay um, about how the podcast came to be and how it's been. And I don't know how it happened, but somehow she and I have this, it seems like a bit of a big sister, little sister relationship. And you can hear that at the beginning of this conversation. I'm scared. (laughs) Just relax. (laughs) What is uh, the best thing about your podcast? Oh, um, can I swear? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, The best thing about our podcast is that it's... It's just a bunch of black girls talking shit and at my house and we just talk about whatever we want. We talk about the same things that we would anyways, but there's just a mic there and um, somehow to record it. So I think the best thing for us is just kind of like the feedback that we've gotten from women in the city that are just like, I've never heard like black women speak so openly about stuff like this or this is how me and my girlfriends talk and, and stuff like that. So that's that's the best part of it for me is like the honesty and how how raw we get to be um, with each other. Has I mean, I haven't listened to every episode. Mm-hmm. Has any episode been so raw as to get someone emotional right there and then? Yeah, um, we definitely we had an episode where we were talking about uh, different forms of abuse. Mm. Um, and like there was a trigger warning on our episode. Uh, okay. Because it kind of got really, it got really intense. And um, yeah, we, we had a couple people there that were just kind of sharing their stories and sharing their experiences. And it was, it was mad traumatic. And I think mm. a lot of the people listening, like the feedback for that episode in particular was like, really like, yo, I've, I've been through this or, mm. or I've never heard people like, I didn't, I thought I was the only one type of thing. So it was, it was crazy. Mm. Yeah. Um. And I know that one of the things that you talk about a lot is self-care mm-hmm. and mental health. Why do you think it's been important for this group? I think all of us being, you know, all of us being black women and then um, being from Caribbean or African households, that's just shit that our parents just don't talk about. Yeah. So it's important for us to talk about it with each other as we're learning ourselves how to navigate these things and realizing like, oh, I probably have anxiety or these are what my triggers are. These are you know, it's language that we just didn't have access to when we were younger. Um, so it's important for us to like all work through it together and, and realize the ways that we've been fucked up in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but then not, you know, we didn't always understand like what the root of that was or where it right. came from. And, and then also realizing like, 
oh, like my grandmother was probably depressed or I have an aunt that was probably, you know, borderline or just different, mm-hmm. different things that you're starting to be able to identify in other black women around you. And, you know, we all have the, you know, the, the strength disease, I call it. Mm. Of we're all just like, oh, you know, well, there was no such thing as depression in my day. We just we just dealt with it. It's like, no, you were depressed, fam. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. How's it been for you with regards to your mental health? Um, that's still like a work in progress, I guess. Um, I always knew that I had anxiety, like social anxiety. So how um, did you know that? How did I know that? Yeah. Well, I guess like the more that I would read about different things, I would I I could put a name to it. So I didn't necessarily yeah. know what it was called, but I always knew that I had some kind of like fear that mm-hmm. had to do with with people. Mm-hmm. I was just like I just thought it was like stage fright or whatever the right. case. But um, yeah, I've just kind of been like it's been helping me figure out the root of things and like where things came from. I was bullied as a kid, so a lot of my anxiety stem from interacting with people mm-hmm. and then even with the podcast specifically um I had a lot of anxieties and like insecurities about the sound of my voice mm. about like putting myself out there in, in different kinds of ways and um, I remember even in season one Tika wanted to do like a photo shoot for the um for the artwork right <clears throat> and I have my own insecurities about my appearance so I was just like uh I don't really want to do that so the so if you if you look at the artwork for season one it's all of our baby pictures oh. because I was just like I don't want to do a shoot like I feel so it was that strong you were like I'm yeah. actually not gonna participate right. in that so I've been like it's only that I've been like working through and and mm-hmm. um kind of coming to my own epiphanies in different ways I was actually gonna ask about like the, the language uh you have this group of black women that are talking to each other and you're you're saying that you have this language to about mental health that you can talk to each other about but where is it coming from is it coming from everyone just having done his or, or like her own research I think it's like we have more access to stuff we're learning from each other and we're learning from the internet essentially and there's been so much more talk about self-care and on these different platforms that it's like you know you're reading these articles or or you're just learning from different places I a lot of stuff that I've learned I'm like I'm not ashamed to admit that it came from Twitter or Tumblr. Right. Um, so we're learning from these digital spaces and we're also learning from each other. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think we just we just have way more access to stuff than our parents did. Our parents were just kind of going through the motions and like, you know, trying to scrape together yeah. this change or whatever the case. Like there wasn't really time to sit down and go to the library and research like, oh, like what do I have? What right. does what, what could have my I been ki- feeling? Yeah. Like it's what more could... like uh, the kids need to eat. Right, exactly. And like, you know, what have my kids possibly been suffering from? It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, let me just deal with this the best way that I knew know mm-hmm. how because my parents dealt with it this way and XYZ. So it's just a learning process and I think um slowly like healthcare professionals are starting to catch up as well. Mm-hmm. Um because I always knew that depression ran in my family, mm-hmm. but I remember I w- at a particular job I had, I was describing to my boss how it made me, not to my boss, sorry, I was describing to my doctor how it made me feel, and I was working overnight, so that's already, like, a shit show. Right. And so as I'm explaining it to her, she's like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're depressed. Mm. So it was, yeah, there, I feel like How it's, did you feel when she said that? It made sense to me. I didn't know. Um, I guess people always have a really, like, narrow definition of what they think depression is it's like oh well i'm not sad all the time so i can't be depressed but it was just kind of this like it's it's different things right it's like feelings of hopelessness feelings of like completely numb and like just different things that i felt 
when I worked there and like just understanding the things that that triggered in me. Mm-hmm. So it must feel so good to like have this space. I mean, mm-hmm. you you had this space before. Yeah. Right. How did this whole thing start? Um. So basically, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of like this. We all knew Tika. Um, she's kind of like the connector of like just people that we may have known each other in passing, but we weren't you know, conversational in that way. And who is Tika? So Tika, Tika Simone is my good friend and she's the co-founder. So me and her founded the podcast. Um, And yeah, she's kind of like the connector that brought everybody together and then was also like, I think we should do this thing and that you should be the producer. I'm like, okay, lit. I don't even know what that means, but sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you were, why, why did you trust her so much to just be like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. Because like I have, I'm a person that like, I always had ideas Um, But I didn't always know how to execute. And I'm a person that, like, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to do it and learn it. And, like, if it comes out shitty, then, like, it's my own fault. But, like, I always learn a lot from those kinds of experiences anyways. Like, I didn't really know what being a producer entailed. I actually didn't know that that was what I was doing. I was just like, oh, I'll make up the topics and I'll do this and I'll decide, like, how it should sound. I didn't actually know that there was a title for what I was doing. I know, because we talked about it before. Yeah, I was just like, wait. You're fully like, "Um, so what am I doing? Right. I'm like, you're... You're a producer. <laughs> so, so yeah, so basically, <clears throat> I remember that we were all at Queen Street Warehouse just, like, eating and talking shit as usual. And um, we were with another friend of ours, uh, Juan Love, and he was just, like, like, he was just, like, looking at us, like, in awe, like, back and forth. Like, you know in the cartoons where you're just, like, watching, like, the ball go back and forth? So he was just kind of, like, staring at us all talking, and he's like, you guys should do a podcast. And we're all just laughing at first. We're like, shut up. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, what are you talking Who's going to listen to us talk shit? And they're just like, a lot of people. Mm. So at first we thought it was a joke thing. Like, we were, at, <laughs> like, we left the, like, we left Warehouse, like, completely like, oh, yeah, we're going to call it Yellcast. Like, we thought it was funny. But then after, Tika was like, I think we should really actually do that, though. So that's kind of how it, it, it came to be. That's awesome. Yeah. And what has the response been? Uh, the response has been really, really dope. At first, when we put it up, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had been listening to podcasts like a little bit before that. Um, as I mentioned, I was working overnights. And podcasts make the time go by faster than music because with music, you can be like, all right, only four minutes have passed, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Whereas a podcast, you're engaged in this conversation and then it's 7 a.m. So I had an idea of like, I guess, what the structure should be or what it should sound like. But I really had no idea what the feedback was going to be like. Um, most of our listeners are from the city, obviously, because mm-hmm. we talk a lot a lot about like Toronto centric things. But we've gotten also a lot of listeners from the UK who relate a lot to like our black experience being like heavily, heavily first generation. Mm. So they relate to that aspect right, of it, right, right, right. Um, you know, because when you're listening to the po- the black podcasts from the states, there it's a very black American lens that they're speaking from. It's true. Some of the more, more popular ones, like uh, Another Round mm-hmm. and the This Is the Read, mm-hmm. which I listen to too, it, it is particularly American in its right. experience. And there are some things like uh, with um, uh, the guy from the Read. Oh my Kid gosh, Fury. Kid Fury. Uh, he alludes to his Jamaican heritage sometimes, right. and he will. He has sometimes slipped into like a tiny bit of an accent, but right. you know that he didn't grow up talking like that or or even messing around with it. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to folks from Canada who have a Jamaican background or like a Caribbean background, that sort of like the slipping into yeah. things like it's the very common. the code switching it seems stronger. Yeah, 
for sure. And then, like, even on another round, like, Heaven having been born in Ethiopia. And, yeah. Like, she's always talking about that. And, like, her experience, which I think is dope, is, like, this, like, super, like, immigrant American experience. But still, at the same time, like, it's, um, the stuff that they talk about, it's from a very, like, specifically American lens. Yeah. Um, so I think what people gravitate towards about our podcast is it sounds, it sounds like them. You know, they're listening to all, because there's just kind of been this black podcast boom, mm-hmm. but obviously a lot of them are American based. Mm-hmm. So it's for people that are here that love listening to podcasts. It was like dope for them to hear something that sounds like them. Um, and which is so yeah. Canadian. Yeah, really. exactly. But yeah, no, the response has been, has been really dope. We like people respond really well, obviously to the music parts. I want to be like that cool older cousin that knows all the cool music type of thing. <laughs> so people really dig like our song of the week stuff and like our like the bumper tracks in between. So it's um it's been dope. And where does everyone get the their music ideas for for that part? So j- just to explain that part, it's uh, you have every person who's there for the podcast suggesting us a, a song. Yeah. And um, where does everyone get their ideas from? We're all just like really big like music nerds. Like we're always like listening and finding to new stuff and putting each other onto stuff anyways um which is how i find a lot of my music like sometimes i'll come across it on soundcloud and just kind of like letting stuff play or like listening to mixes but a lot of the time it's like word of mouth which is how a lot of people are finding out about their music yeah it's someone else putting you on so we were always doing that anyways um and i remember i did on the the very very first episode and i didn't even it wasn't something that I was thinking at yeah, the time. Yeah, it was just on the fly. Mainsta- yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know it was going to be like a mainstay yeah. thing. It was just like, oh, I think we should, I think this would be cool. But then people really, really liked it. And they're like, yo, I found out, I found this really cool artist from from your podcast. And I've been like listening to them ever since. And I went to their show and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's dope. And yeah, we just kind of like, it's just shit that we're already listening to, stuff we stumbled across that week. And we're just like, oh, this this came across my timeline the other day, so I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed that you talked to some some of the artists mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, but beyond your episodes with musicians, which podcast episodes have been the most popular? Hmm. Um, one of our most popular ones, actually, we had – this guy on um he's a comedian he also does a podcast in the states uh his name is andrew schultz okay um i was telling you about this but um he just has a lot of like really particularly problematic viewpoints and ideas but in what way uh like typical like you know like your typical like fake liberal white guy ideas um that are kind of like well you know there should be more police in Chicago. Like, that's something that he said on our show, that there should be more police in Chicago. He said that yeah. with all of you. Yeah, yeah. And, so was he um, pounced upon or what? Like, what course, happened? Of course, like, we definitely, there was, like, we were trying to keep a balance in the room because at the end of the day, he doesn't know us mm-hmm. and there's nothing stopping him from walking out. So essentially, mm-hmm. he had tweeted, um, oh, I'm going to Toronto. What's the best podcast in Toronto? I want to kick it with you guys. And then, like, us, like, obviously, some of the hosts tweeted that yeah. it was us. It's a- <laughs> and then other people were also like, yeah, 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 like, they're dope, they're dope. So then he agreed to come on the show mm-hmm. and um you know we have full knowledge of of what his opinions are and how they were i guess we were trying to like engage him because mm-hmm. he's not a dumb guy he's smart he knows how to debate he's intelligent okay. so we're just kind of like i wonder if we can like 
I don't know, plead to his intelligence side and try to be like, <laughs> all right, like that's cool that you. Were have you this... trying to change someone's mind in a podcast oh episode? My God. We were Come trying. On. We were trying. You know, we're trying to do the work out here. But like, <laughs> yeah, that was one. That was definitely one of our most uh, popular episodes because um, he has a lot of followers. So right. A lot of his followers are like, yeah. oh, I'm going to listen to this stuff, and. Um, and then our listeners were kind of just like, bruh, you guys had, how did you not like physically assault him? Because he says, he just says crazy things. Like he was. Is he doing it on purpose or is it like, this is just how he is? I think it's a combination of both. Like okay. I think he knows, uh, I think he knows where, what, which buttons to push mm-hmm. on people. Mm-hmm. And um, he just, yeah, he just knows how to get under people's skin and he's good at it. Mm. He's just very tone deaf and it's weird. So I can see why that would be popular mm-hmm. um and so that means that your the podcast has it's like its tendrils have gone out to yeah. like the states and to britain um but for you personally how has the podcast expanded um your career or, or done things for you um i think a lot of people it's definitely got has definitely helped with my with the writing side of stuff um people are able to kind of like see what my interests are and what my opinions are. And I've had editors reach out to me and they're like, oh, so-and-so recommended you and I listened to Yalcast and I think that you'd be like dope to write this or whatever, whatever. So it's definitely helped me in terms of um, the writing side of things. Um, And then both of those things just kind of play off each other. Um, People that maybe knew me from a piece that they read then they kind of came across Yalcast. So it kind of goes back and forth. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. So what are you working on now? Before we end this, I want to know what to look forward to. Uh, so right now, um, I was just telling you about a piece that I finished uh, for BuzzFeed. Fingers crossed that it's like not going to be decimated by editing. Um, yeah, a piece for BuzzFeed, um, just kind of about my experience as a first-generation uh, Canadian-Jamaican and how important Patwa is like to being able to connect with that. Um, so I'm working on that. Um, Wait a second. So how how is how important has Patois been in your life? The ability to code switch for me has been like it's like a place of comfort for me. Mm-hmm. Being able to like, you know, you know, everyone imitates their parents when they're like making jokes about their parents or, or their grandparents. It's like that's one is true. Yeah, exactly. It's true. <laughs> Listen, the condom off accent always kills me. Like, my friend will do it without warning. I'm like, no, you have to warn me. You can't do that. But, like... I, I, I love doing it. I love going to Ghanaian accent. I love it so it's much. It's so beautiful. Right? It's just comforting. So, um, it's been really important for me as, like, that being a way to to connect with my culture and being able to go, go to Jamaica and, like, you know, dialogue with my family and, and, and my cousins and my friends that are down there. It's just, it's it's been really important for me um, because I've always felt kind of in the middle, obviously. I feel like most immigrant kids can relate to that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm first generation too. Yeah, exactly. Like you're never, you're never enough for your family. There's, they're always going to be like, oh, you Canadian kids, oh no, Canadian people are so greedy and, and ungrateful. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, but like... But, but then, you brought us here. We're exactly. here. We are of this land. Right. Um, one thing that I used to get was, because like I know how to speak tree, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to speak it well or mm-hmm. fluently. And so like our aunties, some of my, our, my aunties and uncles would be like, so Nanaba, why, why can't you speak this language? <laughs> like why? Right. You know, I'd be like, well, you know what? Can I'm pointing to my parents. Like, it's not my fault. It's them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, it's true. Like, and they'll come for you too. Like, sometimes, like, 
Ugh, my mom could my mom definitely came for my patois at one point she's like you oh. sound weird and you i'm like okay that's fine you're rude <laughs> it's just rude and disrespectful but like so i speak it with my mom and with my family but like it's something that i definitely switch into more easily with my friends my other friends who are also first generation right sometimes when i'm in jamaica i'm actually terrified to dip into it because i feel like they're, because they're gonna they're be able to totally tell right away <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna spot me out right away they're like they can spot oh. you anyway exactly. because really like the, i so many ways they have their little cues they can tell right they can that absolutely you were, tell you are not from here 100 <laughs> percent. but i think at the same time when i'm like when i'm down there um they either though i guess they assume that you're american but yeah. then when i say that i'm canadian like of jamaican descent they're just like oh like their demeanor their whole demeanor changes really they're not trying to scam me anymore <gasps> because like when you get into a taxi and they're like oh it's this much money and i'm just like oh you can't do that to me my mom's from kingston you can't do that and then he's like oh different i'm like okay that's what i thought so yeah it's um yeah so patois is the thing your sort of currency that you use to be comfortable between both places exactly and uh so we'll look out for that Mm -hmm. i can't wait to i can't wait to see it and um i can't wait to see where your career goes so if you don't mind i'm gonna follow you oh my god (laughs) i'm just warning you now that it's it's like it's half bullshit and half like good stuff. Oh, I already follow you online, and yes, it is <laughs> half that. I'm just saying I'm gonna follow your career. Okay, good. Because um, I think you're gonna go far. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. That was fun. Amazing. Oh, one last thing. Okay. You always suggest music, so what should I play for this episode? <gasps> oh, um, shoot. I've been on the Afrobeats vibe lately. Hey. So um, there's this Nigerian artist, um, Malik Berry, who's also like, he doesn't know this yet, but like we're married. Um, <laughs> he's so cute. But um, his song is called Control and the video is super cute. But yeah, that's one of my famous songs right now. Okay, we'll play that one. Yeah. You say you want me love to the best I know. Uh, you tell me say you don't want to waste time. Uh, you say the mother girls have you standing line. That was Sajay Elder. She's a producer for the podcast Yalcast, based in Toronto. She's a digital content producer and a freelance writer. You can look out for her byline on BuzzFeed. Sajay is closer to the beginning of her career in media, and I love that she's just not afraid to ask for help. Because she asked, she and I are having our own little informal audio editing sessions, and that's something I just wouldn't have done when I was coming up. I was so entrenched in the idea that my skills would only come from school somehow. Like at no point did I think to cultivate my own skills through mentors or even from peers that much. Either way, it seems like Sujay is from an entire generation of people who are learning their craft uh, organically and digitally and with more freedom. I mean, I have no numbers on that. It's just something that's popped into my head. Either way, I'm really excited for Sajay and her career. And speaking of career, I have a new job. I'm very excited about it. I am now the host of Fresh Air on CBC Radio 1. It's a weekend morning show for Ontario. It's from 6 to 9. And um, this is a job that I really, really wanted. And um, I'm hoping that maybe sometime I can share with you what that process has been like and um, I can share what I have learned. So you might be thinking, what does that mean for media girlfriends? I have no clue. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen now, but uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. 
Media Girlfriends is produced by me, Nanaba Duncan. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud, and of course on Twitter, at MediaGFS. And the hashtag is MediaGirlfriends. <laughs>